Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. I am Dr. Enrico Dolcecori, and welcome to another episode of Living a Full Life. This week, we're going to be talking about the anatomy of the neck. When we talk about anatomy, we pick usually the fun parts of the body, the heart, the lungs, the lymphatic system, the brain, the nervous system. I'm, there's so much when it comes to physiology, and, and I'm a geek when it comes to anatomy. I, I've always loved it going through uh, undergrad, graduate school, chiropractic school. It was, uh, it was amazing working with anatomy and learning the human body. But when it comes to the neck, it plays such a critical role in the function of our lives, believe it or not. So your neck is designed to hold up this 10, 12, 15 pound head that sits on top of it. And the neck is composed of strong muscles, a spinal column, and lots of arteries, veins, lymphatic, everything runs through there because it pretty much connects your brain to your body. It's part of the part of that. Uh, you think it would be designed a little bit more um, secure, don't you? Don't you think? Don't you think the design would be like heavy armor around our neck? But anyways, the neck um, runs the brainstem, runs through there. The arteries and veins we talked about run through there, and the spinal cord, which is the most important thing that runs through our neck. Our brain sits in our cranium, in in this encased bowling ball, literally, and it's surrounded by fluid called cerebrospinal fluid. And I always teach it when I go to like the second grade classes and teach, you know, about what chiropractors do. I tell them, you know, our, our nervous system is encased in a water balloon and uh, that's the, that's a cerebral spinal fluid. It's, it's like a water balloon. Think of it as, as a water balloon filled with something in there in the middle, like a toy. And it's just filled with water as well. So the water around the toy is protecting it from breaking. Uh, that's literally what the cerebral spinal fluid does. It keeps a free floating, uh, hydration of this brain and the spinal cord so that it can run through there. So the neck plays a critical role in transmitting the information back and forth through the spinal cord. And that's where we're going to get to here. As a chiropractor, we take tons of x-rays on people. Uh, virtually every single new person that comes to our office will take an x-ray of their spine to make sure and determine where the health of it is so that we know what to do. And I tell the patients, you know, I, the reason I take imaging is so I know what not to do. That's, you know, the whole point of this is to help you not make anything worse or, or hurt you in any way. So we do that and we take that x-ray and what we see a lot of is what's called military neck. It was um, termed and coined over 50 years ago as the straightening of the neck. Naturally, we have, we should have a curve in our neck. When you take an x-ray from a side profile, so someone facing the side, um, you should see a curve, a C-curve in their neck. And then it should curve opposite in the mid-back. And then we get another nice C-curve in our lower back. So when you tie all three of these together, they make a nice S-shaped spine from the side. From the front profile, we should be as straight as possible, relatively straight as possible. Um, and that's just to secure better alignment and better health for the discs and all the anatomy between the bones in the spines. But when it comes to the neck, my, my PSA today is the loss of this curve. I, I've been... 
you know, talking a lot over the last 15 years about how I'm seeing this in younger and younger kids. And I just took an x-ray yesterday of a 14 year old that just reminded me again. Yeah, this is just so common in the teenage years now when it wasn't 20 years ago when we were taking x-rays. And the biggest reason for this is ergonomics. It's our posture. Uh, we've changed a lot over the last 200 years. Uh, we've evolved because of that. And what's ended up happening is we just naturally are progressing these curves to disappear at a younger age. They're so important, as we talked about, because of the flow of the spinal cord. That, that's always what we have to think about is how is the brain going to communicate with the body? How is every single message going to be sent from the brain to the body? And how is the body going to communicate back to the brain to relay the reception of the information that it gets? It's the lifeline of our entire lives. So kind of important. It runs everything. People are like, oh, I got to get my heart checked. Um, or we do a HRV in our office. We, we check people's hearts, uh, heart rate variability to see how well the function between the brain and the heart is, not the heart. So I tell them, hey, don't worry. This is not a cardiology test. If you, if you see a low score or anything like that, don't freak out. This isn't, uh, you don't need to go run to the cardiologist. It's just your brain. And we all laugh. They're like, well, isn't that more important? I'm like, that is more important. Good. That's the whole point of that is it is more important. That's what we're checking to make sure that everything's connected. So we use all these tests, thermography, HRV, everything's to measure brain function. And then you take an x-ray like, oh boy, uh, the loss of that curve. And I like catching it in a younger population because they're healthy. Their discs are healthy. They're hydrated. I mean, they're in good shape. They're just losing some posture. So what's why is this happening and what does it cause? When this happens and they're actually very common symptoms that people start to go to their medical doctor their primary care physician their chiropractors their physical therapist because of this it starts it usually starts with neck pain or headaches right neck pain uh, is the most common symptom of military neck we lose that we lose that curve we start to get discomfort and we start to get stiffness uh, especially when you're trying to turn or look you just feel stiffness in the neck in the older population, in the senior population, they'll, they'll come in saying, oh, you know, I feel all the cracking and popping in my neck when I try and turn left and right, or, or I can't, and they're doing it, and they can barely turn their head, you know. That's the effects of a military neck over decades. That what ends up happening, and I already know before I take the x-ray what is going to happen. You're going to take this x-ray. There's going to be lots of arthritis. There's going to be disc degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, and you're going to see it. It's predictable in that population when they can't move their neck. So, and that's the whole point. And I save those x-rays and I white out their name and I, and I show it to the younger population. Like if you don't do something now, this is where you're going. And we have posters in the office as well. So we get stiffness, headaches, neck pain. Those are the most common reasons people come to a chiropractor. When these progress or are not being corrected, what can end up happening is things like numbness and tingling. And what ends up in the diagnostic world, both in medicine and in a chiropractic office, is that the numbness and tingling now is considered neurological. Some headaches and migraines can be considered neurological as well. And we would send the patient for an MRI, either a brain or, or a cervical MRI, to now look at the soft tissue as well as not just what we see on x-ray. And the problem with this is 50% of those MRIs come back normal. There, there's really nothing going on. And usually there's a, a, a slight comment of loss of curve. But remember, in an MRI, you have to lie down in a tube. And that's not how we hold ourselves normally. So when we take x-rays in our office, we're standing or seated because that's how we live our lives. But 
the MRIs come back negative. And then you're like, well, now, well, what's the problem? And it all ties back to military neck, the straightening of the neck. Military neck is also known as text neck now. You know, we're, we've modernized it because people are not enrolling in the military as they used to. Um, so the most common thing is text. You know, now it's called text neck because we put our heads down and we're looking at these smartphones. That's the issue. So numbness and tingling can be, even though there is no pathology in the neck, like a disc herniation or, you know, a pinched nerve or anything like that, it's that straining of the neck that's compressing and putting pressure on the nerves that are coming out of the spine. So to go back to anatomy, we have our brain. It turns into the spinal cord at the brain stem, which is at the uppermost part of our neck. And it's, it's, it's about an inch and a half long. And then from there downward, about C3 downward, it is the spinal cord. And the spinal cord does not go all the way down to our tailbone. It it floats to about the lower rib cage at the end of the rib cage. And that's where it ends. And it turns into like these fiber optic cables that I like to call them. So it's a cool anatomy that the spine has. And the brainstem at C1, C2 plays hold, it's it's the brain. That's why we don't call it the spinal cord. We call it the brain stem because it has so much brain function to it. It's part of the cerebellum and it controls primal things like balance, movement, um, proprioception, uh, all, the, all the things that you don't have to think of. The, I call it the sensory part of the brain where all the sensory from the body is relayed right through there, through the brainstem, and then the brainstem knows where to put it to the brain, whether it's optic, visual, taste, hearing, whatever senses it is, uh, balance, coordination, it's all right there. So the, the brainstem plays a big role there. And when we lose the curve of the neck, we cause inflammation, irritation, a lack of motion, lack of cerebral spinal motion, lack of fluid motion um, to the neck, which goes to the brain. So that's where we get these neck pain, headaches, and maybe even numbness and tingling. We can feel numbness and tingling. Typically, it's in both hands or both arms. And then that's where you start to think, okay, well, if it's not a disc herniation, then it's stress on the neck. And another analogy I give my patients is like, think of the spinal cord as this very flexible piece of, I like to to use the Twizzler analogy, like Twizzlers. That's how flexible that spine is. It's super hyper flexible. It floats in this, in the cerebral spinal fluid. It's protected in this spinal column stacked Lego blocks of vertebra that is called our spine encased in bone. And then the brain is protected by a bowling ball. You think it's important? You think that nervous system is important? It's the only organ in the body completely encased in bone. Even your heart and lungs got like a birdcage, right? <laughs> They're like, okay, we got to protect those two, but we're going to give you a birdcage and we're going to give the spinal cord and the, and the nervous system bone, like a, a sheet of bone to protect it. It's pretty, so yeah, it's important. So that's the anatomy there and why we might be getting numbness and tingling. So I guess where I'm going with this is that sometimes serious symptoms like that are just along for the ride of military neck over a long period of time. And I'm seeing them at eight, nine, 10, 11 year old, 12 year olds starting to lose the curve, perfectly straight necks. And um, they get fatigued. They're tired all the time. Even our adults are tired. And of course this leads to reduced range of motion. Like I was telling you uh, with the older population, they get to see that too, but you can see this in the younger population. They can't turn their head, um, not because of pain, but they just can't turn out the range of motion isn't as good one way or the other. These are all signs of the loss of curve and neck dysfunction. 
So what to do? What to do about this stuff? What can we do about this stuff? Well, exercise and range of motion play a huge role. Moving this and trying to tra- trying to keep the neck str- as stretched as possible and the muscles as flexible as possible is a great start. But we have to restore this curve in the neck and we have to support this curve in the neck. So one of the best exercises I tell even the teenagers that come into our office is roll up a towel to the size of your hands, put together like a da- diameter of four inches and put that underneath your neck like a tube and just lay on it, relaxing the head onto the floor, onto the yoga mat and just staring at the ceiling for 15 minutes or take a, take a quick nap. Every single night, we should all be doing this because our lives are at the desk on our on our cell phones. We gravitate our heads forward. If you look at everyone's posture, I can barely go to the mall anymore without business cards in my back car- pocket because I just want to give everybody a business card. Um, because our postures, that's, that's what's happening. We're just gravitated into these phones, into these screens, into these tablets. Our heads are down. We play the video games. We do all this stuff. And we lose this curve in our neck. And it starts at a young age. We start losing the curve in our neck at the age of four because of all the stuff we start doing. So going back to how do we get these curves in our neck? How do they develop? Are these just organic? Well, there's stages in our life where these are supposed to be developed. So you're born. And then what do you end up doing? You start rolling. And then you start tummy time. Tummy time is such an important time and it starts very young. It starts, you know, it can start by the time they roll over three, four, five months old, they can roll onto their tummy. And that is where we develop that neck curve is because now what do you got to do? If you've, if you, if you've had children and you remember the first month or two, when you put them on their tummy, their noses are touching the ground. They can barely lift their head. It looks like their head bobs a little bit. And it's because they're developing those muscles in their neck. It's so important. But then by the age of four months, five months, you put them on, they maybe are able to roll onto their tummy or you put them on their tummy, which you should. Tummy time's great under supervision. Then at that stage, you can, their heads are up. They look like uh, here in Florida, we have the soft shell turtles. I always look at, you know, they put their heads up out of the water or their heads up to look at what's going on. They have that super hyper curve in their neck. That's what we do as 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 babies at, at four months old. So their heads are up and now they're trying to absorb their environment visually. That's where the visual acuity comes in. Then by six months, seven months, eight months, they're starting to get upper body strength, lower body strength. They can get up on all fours and then they start to crawl and the head is still up, you see? So that position of having the head back. So as a baby, we're, we have the head back, which would be similar to us as adults standing, looking at the sky. The whole time, right? If we were to do what the baby's doing and we were doing it in a standing position, walking around, we would have our heads fully up, staring at the sky, counting the birds. We don't do that anymore. Do you guys even, do you guys know the sky's blue? I'm not even sure people know the sky's blue anymore because we don't even look up, right? We don't even look up. So that's, that's what we look down and over time. So starting at about a year old, just think about the first time uh, your, your children start looking at paper, reading, drawing, coloring, screens tablets it starts at about year one two we start looking down so it's an uphill battle to maintain this curve because life is down life's on a desk i we understand but we also have to understand that we weren't designed to be at a desk so if we understand that we can offset it with exercise that's why we exercise as adults is to offset the daily physical stresses with daily positive physical stresses called exercise, stretching, motion, yoga, Pilates, whatever it may be. These are positive stresses to offset the negative stresses of physical movement, physical everything. Gravity is a stress, right? 
So that's the development of the neck. And that's what we see with that. So that's one great exercise is a serv uh, uh, cervical roll. You see these gimmicks online as well, the little plastic uh, things you can buy for like 20 bucks. Uh, they're soft. They have Those are all, you know what? Great. They're great because they all support that uh, lordosis is called the cervical curve in the neck. And those are great as well. Orthopedic pillows. Um, if you're a back sleeper, those curved pillows are absolutely fantastic because they, they're meant to support the curve of the neck. I like them. I'm a fan of them. I'm just not a fan if you're a side sleeper because that curve never fits the right position and you can never get comfortable with that side positioning with those orthotic pillows. So, but that's okay. So play around with that. You want to develop that if you have any of those symptoms, neck pain, neck stiffness, headaches. You know, People come in, they're like, I get the normal amount of headaches. How often, Jimmy, how often do you get headaches? Well, just the normal amount. Jimmy, I haven't had a headache in like 14 years. What are you talking about? What's the normal amount of headaches? And they're like, oh, like once a week. I'm like, no, that is not normal. Like you're not supposed to get headaches. So we talk about hydration, caffeine, all, all you know, the chemical things that could cause headaches. Take an x-ray and guess what it is? Straightening of the neck. Now, now to restore a curve. Now, let's be honest. Let's say you want to take the time to do this with a chiropractor or without a chiropractor. Um, two years, two years of continuous habitual changes, like the the roll I just showed you uh, with the towel. Whether it's cervical traction that you're doing, a traction device that your chiropractor may prescribe to you, in-house traction, rehab, physical therapy, whatever it may be, it's two years of a conscious effort to restore this and counterbalance the stresses from every day. I hope that makes sense. Uh, it took time to lose the curves. It took time to get to the point where we're at. It takes time to reverse these things. In our office, when people come in, within weeks, within a couple of weeks, people are feeling better. The headaches are no longer happening. The neck pain is a lot better. The range of motion starts to improve because chiropractic is, that's what th therapy is, is it's to fast track the results, the reason you go hire somebody for anything is like, listen, I don't want to tint my windows. This is going to take me all day. I'm going to go pay someone to tint my windows on my car so that I can go do something else. Go play golf, come back and pick up the car and it's done. I did nothing, but I exchanged the money for a service. Makes sense. Or I don't want to power wash the entire house, right? It's going to take a half a Saturday. I'm going to hopefully hire somebody that can do this for a million, could you billion dollars? But, um, that that's the whole thing there. So same thing with your chiropractor. It's like, listen, chiropractor guy, gal, I got a straight neck. I think I do. I listened to that podcast from that guy out in Florida. I think I have a straight neck. Uh, can you check it? And you're already prepped to know this is going to take two years of doing the exercise and your, and your doctor should show you. And you do want to go to a rehab type chiropractor, uh, spinal correction, chiropractor, uh, spinal correction facility, uh, they have the, usually the tools and the rehab area and and the know-how to do this work. Uh, it's typically in-house chiropractic adjustment, some type of vibration therapy because the vibration therapy is what changes the position of the spine after the adjustment and holds it. It's a cartilage, believe it or not, cartilage and and balance exercise that we do. Then there's can be physical traction of the neck, traction, vibration, uh, decompression, whatever it is of the neck. So they'll have, they'll have some extra equipment that uh, that maybe most chiropractors don't have. So looking into that, spinal restoration, spinal curves, that's, that's called the Pettibon technique, the Pettibon equipment, the uh, CBP, chiropractic biophysics. That's what, 
That's a technique in chiropractic. So just some tools for you if you're looking into that. Yes, I talked about chiropractic the most because I am a chiropractor. But honestly, when it comes to restoring the spinal curves and, and biomechanics, there's not much out there in the medical field that focuses on that. So you only have one avenue to really go, and it's probably the fastest way to do it and the most effective. Great. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay healthy. Stay well. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.